Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, Biden is not there. The guy cannot even remember. Think about what I'm about to tell you. Think about process this. Biden can't even remember if he took a cognitive test. What? You can't remember if you took a test if you can remember. Can you remember things? Let's take a test. Did you take a test? I don't know. I don't remember. That's actually happening. I've got that. I've got a loaded show for you today. I got to get going because I'm really stacked. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today. Don't wait. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get that VPN today. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today, sir? I am good to go. So on with the show. Yes, Joe, no. It's just something we had a little technical thing before. See, we run about five minutes late. So Joe is a smart man. He's like, let's get right to it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got that. I've got some more stuff on masks. There's some back and forth on that as well. I've also got some mm-hmm. insane video of the Democrats absolutely losing it up on Capitol Hill. Uh, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by friends at Policy Genius. Right. Listen, with everything going on right now, a lot of people are asking if it's even possible to buy life insurance. The answer is it absolutely is. It's still easy to shop for life insurance right now. Go to our friends at Policy Genius. If you have loved ones, depending on your income, you probably should go now. Right now, you could save $1,500 or more by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. When you're shopping for a policy that could last for a decade or more, those savings really add up. What is Policy Genius? It's an insurance marketplace built and backed by a team of industry experts. Here's how it works. Step one, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need, compare quotes from the top insurers, and find your best price. Step two, apply for the lowest price. Step three, the Policy Genius will handle all the paperwork and red tape. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you had any speed bumps along the way, they'll take care of everything. They even have policies which allow eligible customers to skip the in-person medical exam and do it over the phone. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you need life insurance, head to policygenius.com now and get started. You could save $1,500 or more by comparing quotes on their marketplace. Policygenius.com, policygenius.com. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Policygenius.com. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, at least the bell worked. Whew, we got so many moving parts in this big studio now, right? <laughs> Good job. Positive sign. Thank you, Paul and Joe, for feverishly working to get us up relatively on time. All right, let's get right to it first. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden has entirely lost it. Uh, again, I hate to keep bringing this up because I don't like to repeat content or stories, but literally the content just keeps coming every day. Literally, there is a new video showing up every day of Joe Biden who can't even remember now and is changing his story if he took a test, a cognitive test on his ability to remember things. Can you imagine the irony? Joe, we need you to take a test, Mr. Biden. Um, to see if your cognitive abilities are there, what your you know your uh, ability to to um, to get information, to remember information, to store information, to retrieve it, and he can't even remember if he took the test. Listen to this video, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is another Joe Biden word salad. When asked by an interviewer if he took the cognitive test, he does what he always does. He gets upset. He gets angry, which, by the way, is a sign of some serious cognitive decline. Um, Again, I'm, I'm, it gives me no joy in pointing this out. I'm not kidding. It's very. It would be immoral for me to like poke fun at this. I'm not pointing it out because I think it's it's not funny at all. It's actually quite tragic. I'm pointing it out to you because you're about to make a decision about who's going to carry the nuclear football, who is going to determine your economic livelihood with tax rates in the next four years. You're going to give it to a guy who can't even remember if he took a memory test. Here's a video. I want you to pay attention to two things. Number one, how easily Biden gets angry at people when they ask him a question he doesn't like. He just loses it. Secondly, Biden has a number of tricks someone taught him when he forgets mid-sentence what he's doing. I pointed out one yesterday where he calls something, if he forgets it, like when he was talking about either the Bill of Rights or he's talking about the War Powers Act. When he forgets what he's talking about, he calls it the thing. There's another yeah. trick he does. You'll see here, Joe. Watch. Pay close attention to this video. Well, you've seen it already, but the audience, you'll get to hit. When he feels like he's going to forget where he's going, he says, he either uses this trick. He goes, I'm going to stop here, or I'm not going to say it because he makes up some reason. He's only saying that because he forgot what he was going to say. Watch him do it in this interview and pay attention to how easily he gets angered. Check this out. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? 
Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean- I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental my physical as well as my mental fitness. Folks, I'm not. I'm not kidding. It's not funny. It's not. A, this is not a no. laughing matter. It's a, this is. This is what we would call in psychology and psychiatry. You'd call basically the like word salads, he, he, disjointed words thrown together to resemble a sentence. When he loses himself, did you catch him do it, Joe? By the way, halfway through where yeah. he he's trying to talk about him versus Trump and their mental capacities. He gives this elephant yeah. lion analogy, which is. I don't even know what he was talking about. And then as he's giving this analogy and trying to make sense of it, he forgets what he's talking about. And he goes, oh, yep. uh, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. And he just totally just loses it. He just drops off. It's a word. It's just made up. It's a bunch of sentences thrown together that make no sense because he has no coherent thought train going down a track. It goes in all these different directions because he can't focus. He can't focus. You're expecting him to make decisions about the economy, healthcare, potential nuclear war. You're expecting him to do it. You know what a word salad is? You know, I like toast. Lemonade's great on Sundays. That chair's got rust on it. I don't like rust. That sky's awfully green. Green's a cool color. When I was younger, I used to hit baseballs. You're like, what? <laughs> this is what people do when they can't keep a coherent thought train. Folks, this is not funny. This guy's running to be president of the United States. He can't even remember if he took a cognitive test. Now, of course, we always produce evidence on the show. We do actual reporting here, unlike the media. You say, Dan, he got offended when he was asked about taking a cognitive test. Let's go to the Washington Times article themselves. Here's the receipts that he can't even remember if he took a cognitive test. Remember, he's mad at the reporter for asking him if he's taken a cognitive test. Dave mm -hmm. Boyer, Washington Times, June 30th, 2020. Biden says, quote, he's constantly tested for mental decline and is eager to debate Trump. Okay. Washington Times directly citing and quoting. I've, I would put the video, but we have so many videos today. I don't want to lose you in like a video salad, like a word salad. Biden, I'm constantly <laughs> tested. His words, Joe, not mine. Quote, constantly tested for a cognitive decline. Mm -hmm. Now he just gets mad at a reporter for asking him if what he said is actually true. Well, you said you were tested. Are you tested? Here's another report. Joe Biden, I haven't been tested for a cognitive decline. WENY uh, -E News. Biden clarifies he has not taken a cognitive test. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Listen, politicians lie. That's what they do. I get it. My argument to you here is not that Biden's a liar. Listen, all politicians are liars. Democrats lie, I think, more often than Republicans. As I always say, Republicans may not be the solution to all your problems, but Democrats are certainly the cause of it. I am not making an argument to you now to be crystal clear. Put your horse blinders on. I am not making an argument to you that Biden's a liar, therefore he's unworthy of every politician lies. He's unworthy of vote because he's a terrible politician with terrible policy prescriptions. The case I'm making here is I think Biden genuinely doesn't remember if he's even taken a test based, based on his ability to remember things, a cognitive exam. I'm not kidding. I don't even think he remembers it mid-interview. It's just so incredibly destructive. What the Democrats are doing to this man is a real disgrace. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? This is a real sin yeah. and a travesty. You're putting a man in a position, a decision-making position, an effort solely to get rid of Donald Trump, who you know has no 
cognitive capacity to fulfill the tasks necessary to be the president of the United States. It's just a damn shame. All right. Um, moving on, folks. Again, I just uh, I, I feel the need with this important election coming up to put out to you what's going on. Whoever you decide to vote for, I want you to understand Joe Biden cannot handle, is not mentally capable at this point of handling this job. And I'm very sorry to have to tell you that. All right. So last night I was on uh, Sean Hannity's show on Fox, which I do just about every night. So always check that out if you can. I always enjoy the appearances, 9 p.m. Eastern time, of course, Fox News Channel. And um, I was asked about Hillary Clinton and I made a comment in the beginning. And man, did it get a lot of attention. I had brought up the fact that you can't trust the media anyway. They're flipping the script on everything. And that years ago, the media, which now loves mail-in balloting, right, Joe? They love mail-in balloting. Why do they love it? They love it because yeah. Donald Trump said, hey, there were problems with mail-in balloting. Mail -in ba so what Donald yeah. Trump said is factually correct, of course. But the media doesn't care because the media doesn't do facts. That's not what they do. Facts, not their thing. Facts, media. Facts, media. They move in opposite directions. It's an inverse relationship, Okay. So now the same media, which reported years ago, which I'm going to show you in a minute, 2012, the New York Times left-leaning rag, left-leaning rag. The New York Times, who themselves reported on the extensive problems with mail-in voting, they're now, these left-wing media rags are now taking the opposite position because, of course, Trump said the same thing. And these people are not concerned with their credibility at all. They're concerned only with making Trump look foolish even if it involves sacrificing their principles on the altar of liberal activism. Do you understand? I mean, do you understand <laughs> the desperation? What kind of a loser you have to be to know what you said is out there in print. You wrote articles about the problem with mail-in voting and you don't care. You now write the exact opposite articles just because a politician said something. Do you understand what kind of a complete life loser and zero you have to be to do that? There are politicians out there as well who had pointed out the problems with mail-in voting. So when I was on Hannity last night, I said, you know, everyone should go check out this 2012 New York Times article by Adam Liptak pointing out the extensive issues with mail-in voting. Don't worry, because I got a ton of emails. Dan, I can't find it. I have it for you today, and it is in the show notes. Go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. Subscribe to our show notes. It's free, of course. We'll email you once a day. We won't spam your inbox. The article is there. I will show it to you in this segment. But first, before I get to that, I want to show you what frauds the Democrats are, too, how these are useless politicians who lie and change their position like that. Again, all politicians lie. Democrats lie and don't even care that they lie. At least good Republicans, if they say something and they change their position, at least they try to explain it. The Democrats don't even care because they know the media will cover from. Here's evidence here. Here's Jerry Nadler uh, of the impeachment hoax fame. Uh, here's Democrat Jerry Nadler arguing back in the good old days. I believe this is in the, uh, but with the Clinton, uh, the uh, Bush v. Gore, uh, you know, that whole election mess that happened. Here's Jerry Nadler arguing in his experience as a congressman in New York that mail-in voting has a lot of problems. Keep in mind the same Jerry Nadler that's saying the exact opposite thing right now. Check this out. In my experience in New York, uh, paper ballots are extremely susceptible to fraud. And at least with the old clunky voting machines that we have in New York, um, the, the, the deliberate fraud is way down uh, compared to paper. When, they, when the machines break down, they vote on paper. We've had real problems. So that's a, that is, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. I'm simply observing that as a problem. There's got to be a way of getting the best of our methodologies. But in fact, the MIT studies have shown that hand-counted paper ballots are among the most reliable. It and at least reliable, if, it, if there's a miscount, you can discover it. You can't discover miscounts with these well, uh, machines. Well, maybe optical scan with paper. I, I want a paper trail. I want paper somewhere. But pure paper with no machines, uh, I, can show you pre I can show you experience which uh, would make your head spin. There you go. Jerry Nadler, very concerned about paper ballots, paper, mailbox, mailbox, paper. Uh, as I said to you before, I've discussed this clip before. For the liberals who will try to parse that, uh, Dan, he wasn't really talking about mail and he was talking about paper. Uh, I'm just checking. Are they mailing you a computer? I'm just, Paula, did you hear anything about that? <laughs> no, get it. Joe, are they mailing you t a tablet, an Apple a tablet, no. laptop thingy? No. You know? no, no, they're not. Okay, no, so they're no. not doing that. There is no, they're mailing you an actual piece of paper. I vote by mail. I vote by mail. I get a ballot by mail for a number of reasons. It causes kind of chaos at the election. I'd say that with not a pat on the back. It's just true. I vote by mail. States who are, uh, are ready for it and have 
substantial absentee ballot programs, Florida, which has a lot of uh, seniors down here, active adults in Florida, they're used to mail-in balloting. I'm just trying to point out to you, Nadler understands there's a problem and always has and doesn't even care. Now, what's the difference here? I'm going to play for you some clips here, too. What's the difference between mail-in, what Trump is discussing now in absentee? I am getting really, really super frustrated with media idiots pretending to be stupid, pretending to not understand the difference. What Trump's objection is, is to not at mail-in balloting at all. He's not objecting to mail-in ballot. People have, you have military veterans overseas. You have people who can't show up to the election booth, like Trump, who lives, he's a registered voter in Florida now. He lives, obviously, up in D.C. But his residence is Florida. They have to mail in. I mail in, and it's done very well in Martin County, where I live. You can track it. You go online. That's not what he's objecting to, and the media's playing dumb. What he's objecting to is mass mail-in balloting. What's happening right now in California, Washington, D.C., Vermont, Nevada. Do you understand the difference, folks? They're not talking about an absentee process where Dan Bongino goes to, what is it, Martin County votes? You say, request a a vote by mail. They send it to you. You get it. It's in your name. You fill it out. You stamp it. You sign it. And you send it back. What they're talking about doing in California and have done, is mailing ballots indiscriminately to registered voters, whether you wanted it or not. Some of you don't even live at those places anymore. Those are actual votes out there, sitting out there for any Tom, Dick, or Harry or Joey Bag of Donuts to sign, no one, to signature, just fake it. Even if two or three out of, out of 10 make it through because it semi looks like the signature. This, folks, no one's sitting there with like an optical lens going. They generally say, if it looks alike, it looks alike. If even three out of 10 slip by, you're talking about 30% of these fake ballots making it through. That's what he's objecting to. Do you understand the difference? One is an absentee ballot by request from a registered voter who has to put in some biographical data, typically in a website, request a ballot, wait for it, sign it, goes back, sends it, and can track it. That's what we do in Florida. That's not what Trump is complaining about. He's complaining about mass ballots being sent out everywhere, whether you want it or not. Can you imagine the fraud? Jerry Nadler could, apparently. Now, it gets worse. The New York Times, yes, left-leaning collusion PP tape conspiracy blog, New York Times, back in 2012, wrote a piece. Again, it'll be in the show notes today. Please check it out. Wrote a piece about the problems with mail-in voting. Error and fraud at issue as absentee voting rises. Adam Liptak, October 6, 2012. Article is in the show notes. Read it. He's talking about problems with the absentee process I talked about, which in my county's Pretty well done. It's not in every other county in the United States. There are some counties in the United States that have real problems with even absentee. But you understand that makes our case, not yours. If absentee by request is a mess in some places, mail-in voting, not by request, where you get a ballot no matter what, would be an apocalyptic disaster. You can't even handle people voting by request, no less not by request. The New York Times discussed, look at this screenshot from the New York Times. Screenshot this, send it to your liberal friends and ask them why the New York Times has seemingly changed their mind. Here's the New York Times on mail-in ballots. Quote, yet votes cast by mail are less likely to be counted, more likely to be compromised and more likely to be contested than those cast in a voting booth, statistics show. Election officials reject almost 2% of ballots cast by mail, double the rate for in-person voting. The more people you force to vote by mail, Mr. Sancho said, the more invalid ballots you will generate. That's the New York Times' own reporting. And yet media morons, print writers, TV editorialists pretending to be journalists, Still pretend, number one, they don't know the difference between mass mail-in voting not by request and absentee balloting by request. And they ignore the data that even absentee balloting by mail by request has its own issues. 
paper absentee has its own problems before you even get to mass ballot mailing. You think I'm making this up, how the media is playing dumb? Here is the Nicole Wallace of Katie Tours, uh, Brianna Keeler over at CNN. Seriously, one of the, uh, one incredibly boring. If some leftists, you you know, you, you kind of laugh at their conspiracy theory collusion stuff, but at least sometimes they're entertaining to watch as they melt down on television. You know, sometimes I'll watch George Costanza on CNN and I'll watch him totally melt down. And it's actually pretty hilarious to watch. <laughs> Brianna Keeler's boring and not smart, which is like a double whammy. Brianna Keeler, again, the Nicole Wallace of Katie Tours. Here's a video of her on with the infinitely smarter Mercedes Schlapp, who actually knows something. And here's Brianna Keeler of CNN pretending she doesn't understand the difference, one, between mail-in balloting and mass, not by request, and absentee ballots by request. And then number two, pretending that voter fraud doesn't ex exist besides the fact that Mercedes Schlapp says, well, there's an actual website at the Heritage Foundation, don't worry, we'll show you that too, where you can see the voter fraud. She's not interested. She thinks it's all crap. Here's Brianna Keeler, the Nicole Wallace of Katie Tours on CNN, humiliating herself yet again. Check this out. I'd like to ask my question. I can go to these states Mercedes, do you, Mercedes, Mercedes, okay. Why are you doing that? Because it appears that it's well, just to sow doubt in the minds of people about whether their votes are going to matter. Look, we, for both sides, for this nation, for the sake of America, we need to make sure that Every vote matters. And it's why, you know, it's important that we get this right. I'm so then why are you trying so then why are you trying to ensure that some people won't be able to vote? Ballot three days after the election. Let me ask why you. Why are question. you okay if everyone's no, you just said you just said Mercedes. Mercedes. If you, you just Mercedes, you just said that everybody uh, you were just stating uh, that a priority should be for people to practice their rights as Americans and vote. And look, if they're registered voters, that is and their right. Day, so so then why are you talking? So then why are you talking down? Why are you villainizing mail-in voting, which would give people the ability to practice their right as an American and vote? I'm going to ask you again. Do you think it's OK after November 3rd to be able to cast a ballot three days after or seven days after Mercedes, the election, November 3rd. Mercedes, vote, yes you're no? saying you're saying that voter fraud is a thing. And I'm telling you that it's not. And you're muddying uh, okay, the waters. And I also wonder, isn't that don't you worry that that's going to actually hurt you? I mean, isn't that to the point why the president yeah, has said they when it comes to okay. issues, they have okay. left thousands Mercedes, of Mercedes, I'm asking. I'm just going Mercedes, to go. Mercedes, fact, we can go have this is like so this is just yeah. pointless. Okay, this is pointless. Yeah. I get it. You're just saying a bunch of crap. Okay, you're saying a bunch of crap. Can I tell you what? No, let me tell you. We're talking about vote. No, no, we're talking cast. about voting in a pandemic. And we're talking. All of a sudden, okay, you don't let them have a conversation with them. We're talking about voting in a pandemic. Okay, we're talking about what people trying to. You can you listen, Mercedes? Mercedes, I need you to listen to me. Okay, let's okay. focus and have a serious conversation here. Mm. Voter fraud, uh, Brianna Keeler, is, is, quote, not a thing. That's a very deep analysis. Uh, again, this is one mm -hmm. of the uh, least bright people on television who is boring. To, I mean, it explains why CNN rarely, um, if ever, cracks the top 10 in shows because they hire people like the not bright, incredibly boring, supremely untalented uh, Brianna Keeler, who again is a, a less smart Nicole Wallace from M uh, MSNBC. So Brianna Keeler saying voter fraud isn't a thing. Um, I'm going to include again in today's show notes, which I encourage you to subscribe to and open up for that New York Times article and for this link too. Paula was kind enough to put up, uh, which Mercedes Schlapp was trying to tell Brianna Keeler about, but she's not smart enough to listen. Um, the Heritage Foundation. Here is their website, which will be linked in the show notes today. Again, uh, check it out. A sampling of election fraud cases from around the country. 1,088 proven instances of voter fraud, 949 criminal convictions, 48 civil penalties, 75 diversion programs, eight judicial findings, eight official findings. Keep in mind, these are only the thousand we know about. A voter fraud case. But don't worry, Joe. Don't worry. Calm down. Brianna Keeler, the Albert Einstein of CNN midday hosts, the Stephen uh -huh. Hawking of fake news specialists, said, quote, 
It's not a thing. So it's not no. a thing because CNN told you so. So don't worry, Joe. Don't worry. Much at better. ease. Thank and you. I know you were very concerned worried. about yeah. the I don't want you to be huh? Now, of course, Brianna Keeler probably doesn't even, you know, read the newspaper. Um, but if she did, she'd see this article in the New York Post about a natural experiment going on right now in live time with mass mail-in voting that Brianna Keeler says, don't worry, voter for it. Not a thing. Not a problem. Don't worry about it. New York Post. 25% of ballots in a Brooklyn June primary declared invalid. August 4th, 2020. August 4th, 2020. Does that say 2020, Paul? Does that say 2016? This is an old story. No, no, this is actually from just the other day. What's today's day? Today's the 5th. So that was yesterday. I had to check that. I'm anchored in Paula's birthday, which is August 2nd. I can't get past it. It is a month-long extravaganza in the Bongino household. I didn't even, this is just yesterday. 25%. For the liberals, that's one-fourth. One out of four, one-fourth, a quarter, in other words. That is a quarter of ballots submitted by mail declared invalid. Don't worry, Brianna Keeler, she doesn't actually read the newspaper. She probably didn't see that. She was too busy trying to correct Mercedes Schlapp for giving her actual information. Voter fraud, it's not a thing. Brianna's IQ is not a thing. I'm not sure voter fraud isn't a thing. Check out that Heritage database. It's right there. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter for the show notes, which we put a lot of work into. Check it out. You can show that to your friends. And they'll say, but that's a right-leaning think tank. What you're suggesting me, what they're claiming here, that these actual court cases of convictions are, are fake? No, no, they're not fake. You're just making that up. They're very real. You just don't want to acknowledge that voter fraud is, in fact, a thing. All right, I want to get to this mask debate. I'm going to get to that in a second, but I want to I have some video. I'm a little out of order today because of uh, my numbering system broke down. That Biden thing creeped in late. So I had to name it A rather than one. Screwed up everything. Let me get to my second sponsor first, which is LifeLock. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I've told the story often. My identity was stolen a long time ago, and it was an absolute disaster. I'm not kidding. They went out. They stole my American Express card. And they bought a bunch of real estate programs. Why? I have no idea. It took me forever to clean up the mess. That's why me and my entire family, my kids included, are protected with LifeLock. A criminal scheme involving nearly 50,000 falsified unemployment insurance claims has been discovered by Maryland state officials. It adds up to more than 500 million in claims. While it is capitalizing on the hardships caused by COVID, the fraud involved identity theft from previous security breaches. Some you may not even know about. And Maryland isn't alone. Other states are experiencing similar unemployment fraud. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. You could miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information out there, they'll send you an alert. I get them on my phone. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at all businesses. LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own, though. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com slash Bongino. Don't waste another moment. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino. Get your 25% off today. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Don't go through what I went through with the identity theft. It's a real disaster. LifeLock.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right. So before I get to the mask wearing debate, if it even is a debate anymore, and I believe me, we'll be throttled by every social media company today. And I get it. It happens all the time. We don't care. We're, we're interested in the truth. So whatever. We're just going to fight on. We're going to plow right through it. So yesterday was a hearing up on Capitol Hill. Remember what I told you about Antifa? You know, it's easy for me to go, hey, Antifa is a terrorist, fascist, racist group, which they are. Um, you know, they're, they're out there in Portland. They were calling black law enforcement officers the N-word. Uh, yes, that actually happened. Um, white Antifa members. They're racist. That's what they are. Um, they are fascists. That's why they use the term anti-fascist to confuse you. They're, they are fascists. They're pro, they're pro Tifa. I know, pro, pro, I prefer pro Tifa. The Democrats are covering for Antifa. You may say, why? How is this a winning political argument? I can't make this case to you enough that the Democrats are going to do two things. They need Antifa because Democrats, radical leftists, like the Democrats up on Capitol Hill have all become, they've always needed shock troops on the front line. People to out there in their, you know, ninja suits and whatever, scaring people. 
because the Democrats then propose a big government solution as an example. And remember what I told you the other day in that long segment we did on how the Democrats need to disconnect you from the reality of the greatest country in the world you live in? They want you to think this country sucks. Why? Because they want to change it, right? You get it? This all makes Mm -hmm. sense, right? The Democrats know this is the greatest country on earth. It's visible to anyone who lives in it. Seriously, just walk out of your house. We live in the safest, most modern, economically advanced country in the history of humankind, generally speaking, safest. They don't want you to believe that because they want to change it. They want to take away your money, take away your health care, take away, to get that, they have to make you believe you believe in a hellhole. The shock troops are the one that caused the chaos on the front lines that make you believe the hellhole is real and they're going to be the ones to save it when they come in and change the whole thing. They need Antifa. They've always needed Antifa. They are the shock troops on the front line. That's number one. They need the shock troops to scare you, to make you believe America is a country full of chaos and it's irredeemable and you need to change it. Vote for them. They're going to change it for you. Number two, they will do the opposite of number one every time and try to pretend they are not connected to Antifa. Yet, you know, they don't want any direct connection because people see the violence, anti that, you know, the attacking innocent men, women, and children, calling black law enforcement officers the N-word. So they can't have a direct attachment. You know what I'm saying, Joe? They won't show up typically with them unless you're Ted Wheeler in Portland. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot of the semi-mainstreamers will kind of coddle Antifa, never say a bad word mm-hmm. about them while simultaneously using them as shock troops. It's a weird dance they do. But in the dance, they'll never criticize Antifa because of number one. They need Antifa as the shock troops. You don't believe me? Here's a brilliant exchange with the great Ted Cruz, Republican senator from Texas, up on Capitol Hill, with the absolutely hapless mental midget, Maisie Hirono. Remember that one? Step up, step up with the Kavanaugh thing. And then when you had sexual harassment claims about Democrats, she steps down. Do you remember Maisie Hirono? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, not a real genius either in the Brianna Keeler uh, crew there. So here's Ted Cruz and Maisie Hirono going at it. And Cruz totally calls her out, puts her on the spot, says, you're welcome. You would criticize Antifa right now. You know, the fascist racist group. You're ready to do it right now. And she won't do it. And she walks off, storms off in a huff. This is great. Check this out. You you aren't listening. So I hope this is the end of this hearing, Mr. Chairman, and that we don't have to listen to any more of your rhetorical speeches. Thank you very much. I'm leaving. Well, I appreciate the, as always, kind and uplifting words of Senator Hirono. Thank you. And I would also note that throughout her remarks, she still did not say a negative word about Antifa, nor has any Democrat here. Uh, They instead engage in a political game where they depend. You're welcome to say something negative about Antifa right now. I think that I've covered the subject quite well. You are not listening. Okay, she declined to speak, so that is the position of the Democratic Party. I would note also that of the seven Democratic senators who spoke, not a one of them apologized for or denounced multiple Democrats calling law enforcement officers Nazis, stormtroopers and Gestapo, to be fair. I don't have not heard the word Nazi, but stormtrooper was Nancy Pelosi and Gestapo was another Democratic leader. That is less than helpful. She won't call them out. She will not call out a fascist, racist terror group like Antifa. She won't do it. Why? Remember rule number one. Rule number one, the Democrats need the shock troops to scare people, to make you believe America's in chaos and falling apart so you'll vote for them. That's why. Rule number two, keep your distance, but don't get too far and don't get too close. Now, some members don't care about that too close rule. Some members will just celebrate Antifa and make apologies for him, despite what they're saying being factually incorrect. They will claim Antifa and BLM are things Antifa and BLM won't. They'll lie for them. One of them is squad member Ayanna Presley, a devout liar. I mean, rarely, if ever, tells the truth up on Capitol Hill. Uh, But she says the non-truth with such passion, people believe her. Here's Ayanna Presley, squad member, Dan, defending Antifa, which is ironic. Ayanna Presley has to be, happens to be black. Antifa is a racist group. Some of their members have called cops the N-word. I can't say this enough. This is a racist group. 
of fascists. This is Ayanna Presley defending the fascists. It's a short clip. And then at the end, claiming, and then, you know, you're going to lie about these groups. You're going to call them communists. I'm not going to call them communists. I'm going to play video of themselves calling themselves communists. Here's Ayanna Presley. doesn't even care. Surgically attaching herself to Antifa, a racist, fascist terror group. Check this out. We have seen with movements, they will try to co-opt it and undermine it and sanitize it and whitewash it. But the Black Lives Matter activists that are today called Antifa were in the 1960s being called communists, okay? They were just as disruptive and agitating the status quo and just as impatient. So... Ayanna Presley's point is just if she even is making one, you know, usually she just spouts off word salads too and expects everybody to follow along. And if you disagree, you're definitely a racist, by the way, 100%. You're not allowed to say anything to Ayanna Presley. Everything, you will be called a racist, guaranteed. Just assume and just bake it into the cake, okay? So she's like, you know, and back in the 60s, BLM and these other groups, they were called communists and Marxists. She's saying, in other words, like, this is a slur. In other words, they're not communists and Marxists, right? Here's a video of one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Cullors, telling an interviewer that she is, in fact, a Marxist. It's not me saying it. It's her saying it. You won't hear any of this from Ayanna Presley. You wouldn't dare because that would be the actual truth. She has a problem with that. Check this out. I think that the criticism is helpful. Um, I also think that it might... um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. Ah. Uh. Just listen to just listen to Black Lives Matter's founder, Patrice Cullors. Do you have to rewind that? We are Marxists, trained Marxists, not just like Marxists who picked up the Marx Engels reader in a library one day and skimmed through chapter one. We're actually trained Marxists. Black Lives Matter, you know, with the NBA and all these other organizations, sports organizations, they're all support. It's a Marxist group. You know, Marxism. Marxism, which has led to the, the extermination of hundreds of millions of human lives, death camps, concentration camps, yeah, yeah, that that kind of thing. Kind, kind of bad, no? Gulags. You know, you know gulags, right? Uyghur death camps in China right now. Damn, that's communism. I thought Marxism. Okay, you're a moron. Please stop the euphemistic nonsense. You know there is no significant difference. Please stop playing games and stop being an idiot. No one actually buys your stupidity if you're saying that right now. Now, Ms. Paula brought up a fascinating point this morning, too. She's like, you know, Dan, you're in this block talking about the Democrats needing Antifa as the shock troops while simultaneously distancing themselves from Antifa, but never calling them out. Uh, we don't know who they are. Well, you should call them out for being racist. Well, we're not going to call them out. I'm not going to do that. And then you got the radical ones who just embrace them, like Ayanna Presley, you know, Antifa and stuff. Ayanna Presley was just talking about them, right? Antifa. Don't mischaracterize them as Marxists. Well, they said they're Marxists. Paula brought up a great point. She says, did we play that video the other day of Jerry Nadler? <laughs> Jerry Nadler, another appearance on the show. It's the deuce today. It's a twofer. It's a Nadler twofer. Didn't Jerry Nadler say the other day Antifa doesn't even exist? This is a myth. Mm. I don't know. Let's check with Jerry Nadler. Big hat tip to Fleckus, the best. Always does great interviews. Check out Jerry Nadler saying, don't worry about Antifa. It doesn't even exist. It is true. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? There's that, riots. That, that, that's a myth. That's being spread only in Washington, D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. It's Sir, there's there's videos everywhere Jones. online. There's fires and riots. There's th- they're throwing fireworks at uh, federal officers. DHS is there. Look online. It gets crazy, Mr. Nadler. Wow. So... 
thinks it's fake news. Antifa's a myth. Yeah, Antifa's a myth in Portland. Meanwhile, the whole city is on fire, and they're trying to burn down the courthouse. The great Fleckus, F-L-E-C-C-A-S. Follow him on social media. He's terrific. So just to be clear, as we conclude this block of Antifa Democrat insanity, they need their shock troops. They'll disavow their shock troops. Some of them will attach themselves to the shock troops. They'll never criticize the shock troops. And then when asked about the shock troops, they'll say, no, they don't even exist. That's a myth. The same ones Ayanna Presley just defended, defended a group that doesn't exist, and Maisie Hirono won't call out. But they don't exist. I want to call out. Apparently, Jerry Nadler said Antifa doesn't exist. He's missed, apparently, 65-plus nights of Antifa attacking innocent men, women, and children and trying to burn down the courthouse and stuff. Don't forget my two rules of Democrats with Antifa. They need the shock troops and they will strategically distance and close the distance when they feel like they can use Antifa for political gain. When Antifa gets violent, disavow any knowledge of them, say they're a myth. When you can use Antifa and you're a radical in a radical congressional district like Ayanna Presley's, surgically attach yourself to Antifa because they're your shock troops and nobody cares anyway. It's all radicals in your district. <sighs> all right, don't go anywhere. I still got some more video for you, and I do have this Wall Street Journal article, on, which is uh, finally a strong piece of journalism on where the mass debate is based on science. God forbid we'll probably be banned from all social media for talking about science. We now live in the dark ages again, especially with the tech tyrants. That's okay. Our video will get like 2,000 views on YouTube tomorrow, I'm sure. All right, our final sponsor of the day, Patriot Mobile. While the left embraces cancel culture, well, let's get in on the action. Cancel your leftist supporting cell phone provider now and make the switch to America's only That's right, only conservative cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile shares your values, and they won't charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they won't send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or other leftist causes. Get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that loves this country, shares your values, and supports our Constitution and puts people before profits. Listen, switching's easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone, or buy a new one. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, get free activation plus a free gift with the offer code DAN. Veterans and first responders save even more. So please make the switch today. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or visit patriotmobile.com slash DAN. Get your customized plan starting at just $25. That's 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Make the switch today. Get away from those left-leaning companies. All right, so getting back to my story about the mask debate in light of the coronavirus plague inflicted on our country by the Chinese Communist Party, I just want you to understand, and fair warning to liberals who watch my show, I know you're out there, you're always welcome here, um, but we're going to do science right now, you know, research, facts, data, testable hypotheses, that kind of thing. So you might as well tune out now. You're never supposed to tell anyone to tune out of your show. This will be disturbing because it's actual data. I know you don't like that kind of stuff because, Joe, as I put in the top line of my notes here preparing my show today, the idea of the mask and the wearing of the mask is now become an act of faith. If Hmm. you dare mention the science, and again, I can't say this enough, I am not anti-mask. I'm not telling you not to wear a mask. I'm not telling businesses not to recommend people to wear masks. I'm simply telling you there are arguments for the wearing of masks and arguments against. The tech tyrants don't like that. It has now become a religion, not science. You understand that? Religion, which Mm -hmm. requires faith. I I am a a Christian. My Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. It is an act of faith I profess daily. I am a believer. But religion and science are not the same thing. It's hard for me to test my hypothesis there. There's faith. The mass debate has become a religion in and of itself. They're not interested in testable hypotheses. Like, well, does it actually work? When you say anything about it, you're pretty much banned from social media altogether. The Wall Street Journal editorial column had some, you know, for them to write this, I'm surprised they weren't kicked off the internet altogether. They had an interesting piece out today I want you to look at. I I rarely take more than a few screenshots from one piece, but when it's worth it, we're going to do it with this one. It's about what is the science behind this? 
And is there a downside? Oh my gosh, mention the downside. Show in a religion, you're not allowed to mention the downsides. Here's the article by Alicia Finley, right? You can't do that. God forbid. It's an act of faith. It's not an act of science. The hidden danger of masks. Dr. Burks noted in April that they can promote a false sense of security. Protests bear that out. Again, I'm going to, because we're doing actual reporting here, unlike our left-leaning, you know, friends in the media. I'll give you the pro first. In other words, the reasons why masks may help. Because I'm not here to indoctrinate you. I'm here to, you're adults. I'm here to give you information. You can make your own decisions. So from the piece, here's a pro. Pro is that these droplets, that the CDC changed its recommendation in April, based on some lab tests showing that cloth masks reduce, reduce the distance large respiratory droplets travel after a cough. Like the flu, COVID-19 is believed to be transmitted mainly through these large droplets. Okay, interesting. Again, I'm not anti-mask. If it makes you comfortable, knock yourself out. There's some good news for you. If you cough, you sneeze, you expel these respiratory droplets, that the mask may in fact block some of those. Now, not a con to the pro, but just a story from my own experience. I'm not kidding. Paul and I were in church about four weeks ago. A guy sneezed. And in order to sneeze, he took the mask down, which I'm not making that up. It's not for effect. I'm just telling you, I've seen it more than once. Which is understandable. Do you want to sneeze into a mask that then sits on your face? Of course you don't. It's gross. But if you don't keep the mask for the sneeze or the cough, you've defeated the entire purpose of the mask. Here's some of the more, uh, some additional data on the mask from this excellent piece. It says, listen, some public health officials and media types have observed that countries where face mask use is more prevalent have lower infections. Okay, hold on. Interesting. So you're suggesting to us that countries that use masks are correlated with a lower infection rate? Fascinating. It goes on. In June, the New York Times ran a headline with, quote, is the secret to Japan's virus success right now? It's it's masks in front of its face. Talking about the mask. Its answer? Yes. All right. Interesting. That seems like a big pro, right, Joe? Countries that wear masks Mm -hmm. have lower infection rates. Ah, ah, ah. It goes on. But this New York Times piece drew conclusions based on mere correlations. What do I always tell you about correlations? They do not mean causation. According to a YouGov survey in late June, face mask use was higher in the United States, 59%, than in countries with fewer infections, including Taiwan, France, Canada, the Netherlands, and Denmark. And Japan and Hong Kong have experienced recent infection spikes. Again, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll be banned from the internet altogether for bringing up actual data. Data. Data you can look at and read yourself. That the original success story and claim that masks work because infections were relatively controlled in Japan is now gone out the window because, in fact, Japan is now seeing a spike in cases. They also bring up the point that the United States has a higher percentage of people wearing masks than other countries, and yet some of these other countries have lower infections. In other words, they have lower mask use and lower infections for liberals who have a tough time with data and trend lines. Again, folks, I'm just giving you that. I know we'll be banned in the new dark ages of the tech tyrants for showing you actual data. I just gave you the pro. It may stop these large droplets and may prevent you from breathing them in and expelling them out. Now I'm giving you the con that the correlation's not working out like you think. If it is an effective measure, you would think higher mask use would lead to less infections. That's not happening in many countries. And even their success story is now becoming the opposite, Japan. Now you may say, Dan, clearly there's some science on this. There is. We're doing science, again, which will lead to Uh, Hester Prynne scarlet letter treatment by everyone in the tech community who hates actual science. Let's go to screenshot number three from the journal piece. Pretty common sense, Joe, right? The only way to ascertain the efficacy Mm -hmm. of face masks in the real world is to do randomized trials. Oh my gosh, we can't say that. God forbid. You mean studies? So far, there have been only a dozen examining the efficacy of masks in preventing respiratory illnesses and conclusions have been difficult to draw because of poor compliance with study participants. None of these six trials published over the past decade, let me read that again, none 
of the six trials published over the past decade found that masks alone had a significant effect on the spread of the flu or similar illnesses in healthcare workers or the general population. There's the data. I have the most intelligent, smartest, brightest audience out there. I read your emails. You're all geniuses. You give me stuff all the time like that guy and that woman, they got it. Six studies, results not that good. Again, I'm, we will be relegated to the dustbin of the tech tyrant hole. You'll never be able to find our show anywhere because we dare to tell you the truth. Here's the worst one of all. I had to consolidate into the one screenshot here because there was a lot. But right before this paragraph I'm about to show you, they talk about a study in Vietnam on cloth masks where the study, Joe, led to the opposite conclusion that the cloth masks were causing more infections. Why? Because people Mm. were touching them and were not washing them and they became moist and contaminated and basically became incubators for bacterial and viral uh, viral storage. Why do people? Why do masks in some cases actually produce a negative effect? Quote: This is an important caveat. Fiddling with the masks, in other words, touching them with your fingers, can be more dangerous than not wearing one at all. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that quote elementary school students should wear face coverings if the risk of touching their mouth or nose is not greater than the benefit of reducing the spread of COVID-19. But the point is lost amid simplistic moralizing about selfish libertarians. In other words, folks, you have kids? I do. I have a 16-year-old. Now, the 16-year-old is is pretty good when she has the mask on about not touching it. The eight-year-old will fiddle and touch the thing the entire time, touching her face probably 10 or 1,000 times more than if you would have had no mask at all leading to an appropriate transmission vector via her fingers on her face for a virus introduced right into her nasal passage. But again, I, 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 data, facts, liberals, the mask is not, it's become a symbol of a religious uh, movement at this point. When we talk about actual data, people not only get it. Did you see, if you've seen on social media, parlor, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok and elsewhere, whatever, Have you seen the videos of people screaming in people's faces about the mask? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's so big secret. I got a pretty hot temper. But can you, I'm not kidding. I can't even, there's no scenario under which I could imagine myself in a Walmart, a Sam's Club or whatever, confronting someone I've never met in my entire life because they don't have a mask on and screaming like a raving banshee, American werewolf in one this like a moron. Yeah, put the mask on. Calm down. You understand your screaming and expelling of mass droplets is probably creating a dangerous infection scenario 10 times worse than if you just would have walked away, you lunatics. Calm down. Calm down. I told you, when I was an agent in the Secret Service, we had a name for people like that. We called them bed quitters, the word word rhymes with. You know what I mean? The word's not quitters. You know what I'm getting? Because they would quit the bed every time something happened. Ah, Screaming with their hair on fire. Calm down. Center yourself, lunatics. It's not the end of the world. Distance yourself from that person if you're uncomfortable and walk away. Getting in their space and screaming so they scream back and expel their droplets onto you is not helping your infection scenario. I can't believe we have to talk like this. I I really. All right. A little... uh, comic relief at at the expense of the Iranians who are really, could you, I'm not talking about the Iranian people. There's a good portion of folks over there in the green revolution elsewhere really want freedom like everyone else. But gosh, are you led by morons? I mean, you think uh, 
you, you think the North Koreans, the Iranians don't usually take the cake for being the biggest dunces out there. Did you see this story? Again, I'll put it up in the show notes for you to check out. This is not, it's not a joke. It's not the Babylon Bee. It's a real story. Check out the sun. So the Iranians, these uh, brilliant military tacti- tacticians, decided it'd be a good idea to build a mock U.S. aircraft carrier and pretend to sink it. You know, to scare us, Joe? Put up like a TikTok video. Look, yeah. uh, U.S. camera coming for you. We're going to sink your aircraft carrier. Watch us do this. The sun. <laughs> the sun. Iran humiliated as they completely bungle the symbolic sinking of a fake U.S. warship, and then they block an entry to their own naval port. Oh, these morons. <laughs> 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 you want to see the picture? This is from the piece in the sun. It's in the show notes. And for those of you who want to watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. So they have this harbor, Bandar Abbas, forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. They accidentally sunk the fake U.S. warship. They sunk it in a shallow portion of an entrance to their port. So now the ships can't access the port because they're afraid of crashing into the fucking U.S. aircraft carrier. Look at these morons. They can't even get into their own port. Uh, (laughs) You know, it just reminds me of a a quick story, if I may. Um, The first time I traveled when I was a young agent, I went over. My first country I visited was uh, Russia, of all places. I was young. I was in my early 20s. I was a new agent. And this this agent, this guy, Mike, I won't say his last name, but he got sick. And they called me. I had been out of training for like a month. I don't even know. This is 2000. Guy comes in and goes, Dan, I need you to go to Russia. Mikey B uh, got sick. He can't go. I said, when? They said, like tomorrow. You got to go. Got to go down, fly down to Andrews. uh, Joint Base Andrews was Andrews Air Force Base back then. And I need you to fly out. And I went to Russia. I was, you know, young in my 20s. And, you know, I heard nothing but from the media, of course, about the great, profound, deeply strong uh, Russian empire was going to destroy the United States. And Mm -hmm. I went over there. And Joe, you've been there, so you know what I'm talking about. I will never Uh again in my life ever, ever forget what I saw. I mean, police officers with uniforms that look like they hadn't been washed in 15 years that were seven sizes too big. Um, Firearms that looked like they had no ammunition at all in them. Uh, I mean, poverty everywhere. I mean, outside of Moscow, rank poverty everywhere. And I thought this is the great Soviet empire that was going to crush the United States. I only bring that up in light of this Iran story. They're all a danger. The Soviet, you know, the Russians and the former Soviet Union have nuclear weapons. They do have a substantial military. It's not a joke. But be proud you live in the United States where, believe me, if it ever, God forbid, came down to it, especially with these hapless Iranians, we would win. It'd be a lot of death and a lot of destruction. And you know my stance on unnecessary wars, I hope, if you listen to my show. But if these people ever attacked us, it would be over and over fast. Maybe not with the Russians, but the Iranians couldn't. What a bunch of dunces. All right. I don't usually do foreign policy stories, but that one was worth talking about. All right. Speaking of foreign policy stories, we'll end the show with this. You may have saw this this in- incredible tragedy yesterday. I, uh, you know, there are always rough segues between segments like that and segments like this. But do you see what happened in Beirut yesterday? Um, if you didn't, I want you to listen to this, watch this um, on the YouTube. Here's a it's, it's a short video montage of a minute. There was a massive, massive explosion in Beirut yesterday. A uh, lot of speculation about what it was. Here is a short video of multiple different angles. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just a human horror like we haven't seen on video in a while. Check this out. See it? Bad. 
mushroom clouds. Now, I'm going to end the show on this. There's a lot of speculation about what that was. The two theories, and I have an interesting article up in the show notes uh, by uh, Tom Rogan. You can check it out. But the two theories that seem most prevalent about what that massive destructive explosion was are, number one, it was possibly a Hezbollah munitions factory, which seems likely. Bombs, munitions, rounds, whatever. The other is that there was some ammonium nitrate, which is, of course, you know, info bombs, ammonium nitrate fuel oil, is a, is a component of explosives. I'm not sure which one to lean to. I sincerely doubt it was just the fireworks factory, like some of the uh, Lebanese were saying before. Really, people, a lot of people died, folks. Unbelievably damaging incident. When we find out more about it, of course, we'll report it on the show. All right, thanks again for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I really, really appreciate it. Don't miss my interview again this week with Sean Hannity about his great new book. I'm really looking forward to that. And please subscribe to our YouTube account, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.